And now a story, friends, from the dim and distant past, from a land of a long way away from the UK. But we do have a friend there, great reporter, great broadcaster as well, John Bonfiglio, joins us. Not with his normal roundup of breaking Latin American and South American news, far from it. Although this is a big news story, but it's a news story that concerns mankind's distant past. Delighted to welcome John Bonfiglio back to Talk Radio. Good morning, John. Great to talk to you again and hope you had a great Christmas, John. Good morning. Hey, Paul, how are you? Very well indeed. Looking forward to hearing about this because when I was a teenager, I became absolutely fascinated with the Mayan civilization. And there's been a major new discovery, I think in Mexico, at a place called, is it Coluba? What have they found there from the past, John? Yeah, Coluba, a watering hole of the wild dog, it translates as in uh, in Mayan. Essentially, what, what's been discovered, I mean, it hasn't, important to say, it's not just been discovered now. Um, it was discovered a while ago. And actually, the, the main site was discovered in 1939 but recently a major new what they're calling a mayan palace um has been brought to light and disinterred and and is currently in the process of being restored and there was a, a press release a couple of days ago which basically started to detail exactly what's been uh what's been discovered and essentially it's the scale of this single open building which is really wowing researchers uh because it extends to 55 meters long My goodness. by 15 meters wide and six meters high which in in the context of whether it's kind of open buildings in a uh you know across any mine period or even you know inside pyramids the kind of rooms that are discovered which tend to be small and diminutive this is you know way up at the top end of the kind of the scale of things that have been uh, found and discovered and which suggests what researchers and archaeologists already kind of knew about this site anyway that it was a, a kind of an offshoot site from Chichen Itza which I'm sure a lot of your listeners have visited in um, in the Yucatan Peninsula being one of the most famous uh, post-classical sites in uh, of the Mayan world and, and which obviously had some kind of royalty um, that were where uh, existed or lived in Kuluva as an offshoot to to that particular site. So, as ever with these things, I mean, a major new discovery, but all of it just gradually continues to piece together uh, the the very little fundamentally that we know about Mayan civilization. I mean, there's a lot we think we know, but every new discovery really kind of hits us for six, really, in terms of re-establishing the amazing importance of the Mayan civilization at a time when uh, you know, Europe was in the Dark Ages. Well, that's the thing is that if we're talking around 1500 years ago, this was a good th well, a thousand years before the Europeans, the conquistadors turned up. And this was what was called in Europe, the Dark Ages. Now, some historians dispute that title now, but you know, the Roman civilization had pretty much collapsed. The Roman Empire had gone and people were living in, you know, basically primitive homes, primitive houses, whereas there had been, and maybe Mayans, a catch face. I mean, there have been civilizations, I think, since about 2000 AD, hadn't there? And they, they, some of those are still called Mayans. So we're talking, a, a, you know, a, a kind of longevity that almost rivals the ancient Egyptians. Yeah, look, I mean, where I'm calling you from tonight in the, the Yucatan Peninsula is still very much a Mayan geographical area. I mean, uh, I was with people today who were speaking in Mayan in the center of the city. Wow. Um, there are you know, uh, small communities right around the whole region still speak in Mayan dialects. They would still identify themselves primarily um, as Mayan. And actually, that's the kind of, you know, you go through a number of different phases of what's understood to be uh, Mayan history and, and civilization. And it ends up with a kind of 
with a fragmentation of moving away from the cities and moving towards small agrarian communities, which is what we really see now. Of course, these these uh, these current contemporary Mayan uh, communities are under threat from modernity, but they're still very much there. Uh, I mean, I think like, at the last count, there were 200 different languages which existed, dialects which existed within uh, within the Mayan tongue. And, and, and there, was was, also, was, there was also was a com- there was also a complex written system, wasn't there? Which much of which was destroyed by early European um, invaders by the priesthood. And I think I'm right in saying. I think it's like the Dresden Codex. I think some of those have only been translated relatively recently. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, um, going back to what I was saying a minute ago, every new translation then sheds light on what people thought were were the meanings before. So when I say to you that uh, the Kuluba actually means the watering hole of the wild dog, that's as far as we know at the moment from one particular uh, from one particular expert. But that could very well change and become something. Um, something completely different. What's definitely not in question is is the sheer level of sophistication yeah. uh, that the Mayan civilization reached across a 2,000-year period between, you know, around about 1,000 BC and uh, leading up to the eventual demise, uh, fragmentation, breaking down, which nobody really knows uh, quite what caused it. Uh, 2,000 years later, around about 1,000 AD, with massively built infrastructure. Complex, uh, complex engineering. They built reservoirs, causeways, bridges. I mean, incredible works of art, uh, and of course, sophisticated, you know, mathematical, astronomical uh, processes and, and designs, which which are at the very heart of their of their civilization. So, in a, you know, as a comparison point, as you were saying, to what was taking place elsewhere in the world at that particular time, really uh, absolutely amazing in terms of you know the parallel system that had that had developed. Uh, in isolation here. And unlike, say, the Aztec society and system, which was almost directly collapsed by the arrival of the Europeans, um, as you've just said, we don't quite know why the Mayan civilization kind of fragmented and was diluted and, and, and you know, changed, irre- you know, irrevocably about 500 years before the Europeans turned up. What's the latest thinking on that, though, John? Why do we think the Mayan civilization collapsed in the way it did? Yeah, and it's interesting because, to my mind, I mean, I've heard so many experts speak on this now, and they always give us, you know, a slightly different take on the on the situation. And I think it's one of those things where really, you know, we're scrap we're all scrabbling around in the dark, and it's and experts feel that they need to say something, but really, none of us really know exactly what took place. I mean, you know, theories range from a major natural disaster like a volcanic explosion, which brought on a kind of a nuclear winter, through to overpopulation of certain sites, through to war, disease. I mean, all manner of things. Nobody quite knows. I guess also it wasn't just a single event. So, um, like during throughout the Mayan civilization, there were there were cities or areas which were populated and then were depopulated, and then there was encroachment of different communities. So it definitely wasn't a you know a single incident which led to the to the end of what we would uh, regard now as a kind of traditional Mayan civilization. It was a, it was a concurrent series of of situations over a thousand year um, period, if you like. But for sure, what was taking place there at that particular point in time and, and what we see in our mind's eye as a mind civilization now does not, is not remotely commensurate, does not link across to, to what we see uh, or is in place now. And as you say, that didn't have anything to do with, with the Spanish conquistadors and with, a, uh, with the colonizers. For sure, that was, um, I mean, this is a very inappropriate metaphor, mm. but, you know, the cherry on... Yeah, it meant on, on top of the cake. And, and I think also, but, um, I mean, I'm, I, if memory serves, there was, I think, a major man city which was um, running effectively until the late 17th century. Is it Nodge Patan? 
I think it's called, that was there until yeah. six, about 1690 or something. Yeah, absolutely. And increasingly, you, you get these smaller cities that come in. And actually, by that point, by the time you get to the kind of... Because the, the pre-classical and the classical period of, uh, of Mayan civilization is essentially Mayan-centric. So it's people from within, um, you know, the Mayan community or the Mayan uh, peninsula, which was essentially all of the Yucatan and then down to El Salvador, Belize, Guatemala, Honduras a little bit. But in that post-classical period and, and the, the period of time that you refer to now as well, you begin to get incursions. So you begin to get different um, warrior uh, types coming in from different communities, non-Mayan based, and bringing in different bloodlines and so on. So, so for sure there's kind of offshoots that continue through until really late in, in the day, but, but there's consistent disagreements amongst academics as to whether you still call that, you know, essential Mayan civilization or whether that's in a hybrid um, that, that's come into place on top of what was the Mayan civilization of its time. Well, I think I'm right in saying, despite there being um, Mayan, I don't know what you call them, hieroglyphs, I suppose, on 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 stelae, on stop sculptures, on monuments. I think only three proper codexes survived, didn't they? The kind of mass burnings by the missionaries, which is an incredibly tragic loss to world history and culture. Yeah, and and also the act of the sheer act of excavating these um, these pieces and leaving them open to the elements causes its own damage. Actually, one of the interesting some of the interesting chat that's been taking place at Gulabab between the archaeologists now is that they're actually thinking of because it, it implicit in a um, in a process of excavating is that you have to clear the shrub, right? You have to clear the jungle around the site. But they now realize that that actually inherently damages the infrastructure in terms of leaving it open to the elements, the sun and rain and wind and, and so on. So they're actually now talking about replanting jungle in and around the um, these buildings in order to better preserve them, which was something which was never, um, you know, discussed or, yeah. or thought of before. There certainly seems to be a, a greater maturity around, you know, the preservation of these spaces, which is not just to open them up to millions of daily visitors in a kind of Chichen Itza kind of context. No, I know they had the concept, I think, of, of a divine king. Did they practice, do we know, human sacrifice the way the Aztecs did? That's also an open question. I mean, again, conflicting, as with, as with everything uh, in, this, in this historical field, uh, conflicting um, evidence or conflicting theories come to mind. Again, it could be that maybe the, the essential Mayan civilization didn't, but then when they were invaded over into the post-classical period, then maybe those traditions changed over time. As any traditions change sure. you know, over time in any civilization, th there is um, residual evidence of sacrifice having taken place, but not in, a, in such a you know, front and center context as in the, in the Aztec Empire. But obviously, impossible to know whether that was fundamentally the minds that were doing that, or whether that was warring parties that were coming in and then in, in imposing that on the Mayan communities. John, absolutely fascinating to talk to you. Incredibly grateful, as always, for your time. Have a wonderful Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely live there from Mexico. John Bonfiglio talking about Kuluba. What did he call it? The watering hole? The dog's watering hole? Huge dig there, which is working its way through. Discovered 80 years ago this year, but now working its way through this large-scale Mayan palace in Mexico. Believed to date back to 600 A.D. Alongside Latin America correspondent, if you want to follow the US election cycle or any other international election cycle, which may be of interest, we also take requests on Spotify. We're also on, I've forgotten it, what is it? Uh, Dropbox. No, not Dropbox, on Spotify. On Spotify. Oh, are we on Dropbox as well? Are we? Or is it SoundCloud? Wait, no, Spotify. Look, just forget all that stuff. Just Spotify. Follow Speakeasy Politics 
on Spotify. Say the name again. How hard can it be? Say the name again. Bye.